0: It's the lowdown. Never a better day for Dexie's Midnight Runners than Monday. So good. Friday also good, but I think Monday's the best. Coming up this hour, we're going to talk about Monday night football. A lot of NFL action on the weekend. Michael Sean Dugar from The Athletic will join us to talk about the Seahawks and... It was a, it was an interesting, fun weekend. It really was. Joined now by Jason Greger. The Jason Greger show will be on the radio at two o'clock today. Are are you any impressions? Anything about the NFL season that either surprises you? I I, I mean, I know you were looking forward to the Broncos and the Bears.
1: Yeah, actually, that game was quite entertaining. Now there's no defense, but it was uh, it was entertaining, which is uh, what you want. But you know, I, I probably was surprised that at how Buffalo manhandled Miami yesterday. That was, you know, Miami looked really good, and obviously Buffalo said, wait a sec, we're, uh, <laughs> we're still better. So they obviously got a little ways to go, which is good. But, uh, you know, that and the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals are being awful out. Yeah, like, not, not just losing, but their offense. Like, their offense is putrid right now. And they've got some pretty skilled players, and they can't do anything offensively.
0: Jason, uh, the, our, our text line is wild today at one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty, And people are asking me to ask you why Raphael Lavoie isn't getting one of Leon Drysaddle or Connor McDavid tonight and why he isn't playing with a truly skilled center in some of these games.
1: Well, McDavid's only played in one game, and I'm not, I can't even remember if Lavoie was in that game or not. So um, that's the easy answer. Uh, number two, Raphael is not making the team play in the top six. So I get people like, yeah, but Raph's got to show what he can do. He's got to show what he can do playing in a bottom six role with bottom six type players. Because that's, that's how it's going to be. He's not going to – like, Raphael Lavois has played zero NHL games. He has zero chance to start the season ahead of Zach Hyman. And Connor Brown. So, to me, why even distract the kid and put it, put this, oh, I'm going to play with McDavid. So, McDavid's going to dance around everyone, put it in the slot, you're wide open, you bury it, and everyone's going to be like, well, oh, he's got to be on the team because he scored there. I'm like, why? He's never going to do that in a regular season game because he's not going to be on that line. So, I don't, I don't really get caught up in that too much. Like, we know where Raphael Lavoie is battling. Now, if you wanted to say, hey, maybe they should play with Derek Ryan, okay. But – You know, here's the thing. James Hamlin, Al, and Brad Malone, I I don't think they're that far out battling with Lane Peterson for the fourth-line job. So if Raphael Lavois is going to make the team, he's playing with a guy that he's going to make the team on based on how he's going to play in the regular season. So I I don't really think it's an issue. I I think it's kind of laughable that people think he should play with McDavid or Drysaddle when there is zero chance he's playing there in the
0: regular season to start. Plus, all he needs is a good pass, and, and if you play with McDavid, you're playing against the best teams on the other side, and traditionally, rookies get eaten up doing that, so it's not a good spot for him.
1: No, and you know what? Um, like, It's funny how people are like, oh, he's not playing with anyone. I'm like, uh, excuse me, Adam Ernie's played 355 NHL games. Rafael Laval has played zero. James Hamblin has played more NHL games than Raphael Laval. I'm all for being excited for young players, but don't disrespect guys who have already played in the league. You don't have to like Adam Ernie, but he's played 355 NHL games. He's not a plug. Stop it.
0: So I, I, will, t- I will confess that I thought Brandon Sutter, I'm not saying I thought he'd win a job. I thought he would have to go to Bakersfield, but I... I, I I understand why he, he retired and why he ended his uh, training camp audition, but there were some good things in his play.
1: You know what, Al? I think we're never going to know... <laughs> Um, fully how he felt, right? Because he would, he, like, we all know our bodies and we know it. And finally, June athletes probably know their bodies way better than we do because, you know, it's like their job. And so, I think, I think Brandon Sutter, you're right, I would agree with you. I actually thought, you know, the way he played in his games, that you know what, he he could have won that that fourth line center spot. Based, Like, I don't think Lane Peterson was killing him by any stretch of the imagination. Or I don't think Raphael LeWaugh was so good on the wings that you had to move Derek Ryan there. But, I think it's clear that, you know, he played that game in Vancouver and then he was just like, you know what? Hey man, I don't, I don't have it. And, and so he would know how he felt and, you know, cause he talked pretty openly about the shortness of breath that he had yeah. and, and maybe it's, and maybe it's coming back and maybe he, cause he knows how hard it is playing the NHL, right? He would know that. And so I, I'm happy for him in the sense that he got to train all summer and he got to kind of close the, the book on his own chapter himself, right? He got to be the one to say, guess what guys? Like, I'm just, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to play it at an NHL level. You know, my breathing or long COVID, who knows what the exact reason is, but obviously that's what's impacted it. So, right. you know, it's unfortunate now, but, you know, I think the orders, you know, like up until he signed a PTO, I don't think people thought open Brandon and Sutter is going to be the, you know, the answer to all the orders problems. So uh, I think they'll be fine without him. And, and I hope that this gives them a little bit of, peace of mind that he's like okay you know what i did it for myself and yeah it's unfortunate that i can't be there but it's not due to lack of effort
0: jason gregor joining us he'll be live on the radio at two o'clock today i want to talk about ben gleason who you never know with these young players he's obviously had time in pro hockey and he's looked good jason
1: that was really poised with the puck isn't he yep. like he you know i think when like the order's defense last year was so incredibly healthy that they basically played seven guys all year long, right? And and that's great. But the odds will tell us that that's not very likely. Now hopefully I'm wrong and, and hopefully the you know the orders are really healthy this year. And and because they have seven D men, you know, we might see some guys in and out of the lineup and you know what, if if Ekholm can't be ready on opening night, I'm not saying he, he he won't be. I'm just saying potentially, let's say he isn't. You know, you played Deharnay and Broberg and you don't feel like, oh my goodness, we're gonna get Trump. But um, you know, let's say all of a sudden you go two and three injuries deep, well now you need guys like Gleason and Nima Linen to play. And, and Gleason, they're very different. Like, he's a lot different than, than Nima Linen because I think his number one skill set is his poise at the puck. Yes. Like he makes plays, right? Like, he'll dance around guys at the blue line. Is he a great defender, Out Probably not at the NHL level. And, he, and he's talked openly about that when we interview. him. He says, hey, I know that I have to improve my defensive game, and that's what I'm going to continue to do. But like, the order assignment, I think he's getting 450 in the minors. So, like, he, he was a sought-after player who's a really good AHL player, but might not, you know, and, you know, maybe he'll, he'll become a guy that can fill in for 20 games or 25 games when you run into injury problems.
0: That's a great point you make, and maybe for those who don't know, uh, maybe you could just spend a little bit of time talking about, sometimes on a two-way deal, it's just the regular, and some some players don't, you know, they don't make hundred grand in the AHL, but if you really want a guy, one of the ways you can attract him is by paying him more, should he get sent down.
1: 100%, right? Like, So he, he has a league minimum in the NHL, and then lots of times, like if you're on your entry-level deal, you'll get seventy grand in the minors, and then veterans, you know, who you know, we'll sign for 100 grand, $125,000. And then guys who are really proven, and you're like, hey, you know what? We want a good American League team because we want it to be competitive. And then you go out there and you get a little bit of a bidding war for, for AHL veterans who, A, you think, you know what? This guy can call up. Because you can't have eight NHL defense and on one way deals, right? I like for the most part, like it's just not realistic. Um, you know, you might lose them on waivers. And so you're like, Hey, we pay Gleason this much. And then the other thing is out when you pay Gleason that much, there are some teams. Now I know that to claim a guy in waivers, you got to keep them on your NHL roster, but some teams are still leery of, well, geez, what if, what if we claim him And then we put him on waivers and no one claims them, Now we got to pay him for the month. Yeah. There are some NHL teams that don't want to pay guys for it. That's true.
0: Yeah. Um, the, then the other thing is, that, the, and I like I, I don't think we can tell. In fact, I think the, the the guy who is the last roster spot might end up being somebody they trade for or pick up on waivers, although we're getting late in the game for that. But if you had to guess who wins the last spot right now, who would it be?
1: God, you know what? It's a great question because I don't think I know. Um, like, I don't rule out Brad Malone 100%. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, even James Hamlin. Now, Hamlin doesn't require waivers, so that probably puts him in, you know, I think that puts him behind the eight balls, if I'm being honest. But he's played here before. The coach really likes him. Uh, Brad Malone, like Jay Woodcroft loves Brad Malone. He knows exactly what he gets from Brad Malone, right? And hey, Brad Malone. Pretty nice goal in overtime. Oh, yeah. yeah so you, bet. you know what? Like he's he's competing. I don't think Brad Malone has like I don't think Ernie or Lavois or Peterson have played so much better that you can say, Well, Brad Malone has no chance. And then, you know, we talk about waivers and so we'd have to look because I think if they're gonna claim anybody on waivers Al, it would have to be a right shot mm-hmm. fourth line center. Yeah. Right? And so I gotta go over the list as it gets closer here. I haven't there's not one that's jumped off the page at me that you would say, Oh wow, this guy would be an automatic upgrade because hey, it's gotta be somebody that they feel is for sure better than Peterson and Malone as a center Isa. Right? Yeah. yeah. Way better. And or, or even I guess in a sense, Derek Ryan. And that's the other thing tonight. Like, Derek Ryan's going to play center. And I do think how Derek Ryan plays at center does impact Lavois and Ernie in some way. Because even if LaVoie and Ernie play pretty well, if the coaching staff's like, oh, geez, we can't play Derek Ryan at center, then what do you do? Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a good point, and and the thing about Malone that I think makes him stand out is that like Hamlin is quick, he's not fast, fast, but he's quick, but he's smaller. Malone is a very rugged player, right? Like he's yeah. a physical guy, you know. And and on the fourth line, they some, uh, you know, they they don't have Costen, uh, and Malone is a physical guy.
1: Oh, he he adds a, You know what, Al? Well, you've
0: covered the league long enough
1: to know you need different elements on your team. It's it's not just. Okay, let's have all these guys who are good analytics guys. No, they got to have different types of players, right? And so Brad Malone brings a different element than Lane Peterson, right? Adam Ernie brings you a lot of size. Raphael Lavall brings you some size. Now, does he bring you the the physicality? Not a whole bunch, but he has at the junior level anyway. And even last year, he bullied guys a little bit, right? Now it's obviously harder at the NHL level, and but in today's game, now like when you're six foot four, you don't have to run around. I'm not expecting to be Ryan Reeves by any stretch, but when you're that big, like you can just come into some scrums and just push guys around, because there's very few guys in the league now who are comfortable doing that. Yeah. And so Raphael LeBois, even if he's a little bit uncomfortable, does it? Like, don't go in there and push around Jamie Alexiak because then you might have to answer the bell. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But you can go in there and push Justin Schultz around, right? You can push Schwartz and Eberly if you want, just to show that hey, I'm here. I know that's not who he is, but sometimes... You got to be uncomfortable. There's lots of guys who ended up having a really good NHL careers because they stepped outside their comfort zone and brought an element they normally didn't bring because that got them to stay in the NHL. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, any thoughts on the Jays? I'm I'm reading a lot of texts and talking to a lot of people who are like, "Well, big whoop, they're not. You know, they 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 made it to the postseason. I think their pitching is good enough to to. I'm not saying they're going to win the World Series, but they could go a little ways
1: they have more wins than the, than the twins, right? Like, why Why are the twins, like, a dominant powerhouse? You're like, oh, the Jays have no chance again. Like, I understand that, um, like, I think Lopez um, is going to be the starting pitcher. The Jays haven't announced. I got to guess it's going to be Gosman, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, so, you know, like, Lopez has, has been okay, but he's – you know, the the Jays can you know, they, they should be able to, to get to him. Like he's not a he's not like a dominant force by any stretch. You know, I think he had I think he had close to two hundred and thirty Ks though, so he can definitely strike out guys, right? So he's good, but Kevin Goswin's a pretty good pitcher, right? Yeah. If it's Goswin versus Lopez, I don't I don't think Toronto's at a major disadvantage in that matchup. And I think it's really gonna come down to Al the Jays have been so Jekyll and Hyde offensively. Yes, this they year, Which is, like, they'll score in bunches, and then they'll do nothing. So c- can they show up offensively? And the good news is they're not at home, because for whatever reason, they can't hit in a hitter's ballpark at home this year. It's kind of it's kind of shocking
0: to me. It is weird, and, it, it like, it's such an anomaly. It's unlikely to happen ever again. Maybe they, they got the air conditioning pointed in the wrong direction or something, but <laughs> it's weird. Uh, what's coming up on the show?
1: Well, actually, you know what, uh, as always, uh, the con man and, uh, and Bradley have, uh, you know what, they got a pretty good lineup for us today. Um, uh, I'm quite uh, looking forward to it. So we're we're going to have uh, Thomas Ian Nicholas, if you uh, speak in a baseball, you remember him from uh, Rookie of the Year. Yes. And uh, American Pie. So uh, we'll talk a little uh, music and entertainment with him. He's got a new TV show. Coming out, um, Scott Miller will set up uh, MLB playoffs. Uh, Annie Petrillo, we're going to talk uh, a little soccer. Kevin Woodley, we have some uh, interesting chats with Woodley um, about Campbell, about Skinner. So Woodley's done a lot of numbers on a uh, goalie's first year, and then what happens in year number two, yeah. right? So I, I think that's interesting about him. And obviously the Canucks, are, you know, how much better can they be if they have Demko, right? Oh, and now that Demko's healthy, so oh. you know we'll we'll touch on that. And um, the waiver wire alpha goalies, I don't think Edmonton's going to be involved in it, but. Tampa Bay and a few other teams uh, this is the week we will be watching very closely on the waiver wire because we saw uh, you know Spencer Martin already get claimed by Columbus, and you know Woodley thinks he might have been the number fourth or fifth like best available option when it 's all
0: said and done here this week. Good stuff, thanks, Jason. Appreciate it i 'll have a great day all right that 's Jason Greger he will be live on the radio at two o'clock today. What is played tonight in Seattle McDavid between Hyman and Drysaddle is the top line. Uh, Derek Ryan with Yanmark and Holloway. You might see that during the regular season at times. Hamblin with Ernie and Lavois That would be a, a bubble line. And then Malone between Griffith and Borgo. I don't think Borgo has a chance to make it, nor Griffith. But Malone, as Jason said, he's in there. And then it's Kulak, CC Gleason, Broberg. Be interested to see who plays the right side. Deneen Kemp and then uh, Jack Campbell starting with Calvin Pickard backing up. Any thoughts, sir, about what we just talked about?
2: No, 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 no. I, I leave it to the experts. I leave it to you guys. <laughs> Do you? Sorry, the stack, the stack here just jumped. I had to reset it, so that's why I have my oh, So you didn't know if
0: I'd gone to commercial, you would have been...
2: No, we would have been fine for that. It was just okay. uh, it was a thing for it was a few it was like dealing dealing with future uh, issues in the, uh, ah, in the log see. here. But we're good, so, we're set. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Well, I I, I appreciate all the work you do. Thank you. And, and you do it behind that. the scenes, and then you're also talking to me whenever I just ramble on, and then say, what do you think? And you do a fine job. I do.
2: I'm I'm pretty good at hitting you with that. Yeah, I think I agree. I'm pretty yeah. good. at I've got that one down pretty yeah. well.
0: It's yeah. it it will bode well for you. Just always <laughs> you. agree with everybody that you are you know in a room with, and you'll be fine.
2: Well, I push back a little bit, on bro. Yeah, that was our first disagreement, our first fight.
0: Well, uh, you were wrong, but you you hang in there. You know, I think our yeah. first fight was that Billy Joel didn't do Salisbury Hill.
2: But I conceded... That one wasn't really a fight because I conceded so quickly. I was like, ah, yeah, I, th- I think I'm wrong here.
0: Yeah. Uh, you did do that. I will say that. Mm-hmm. But what one did you like the most? Vienna. No. Shovelry Love or Brotherly Hove? Oh, Brotherly Shove. Okay.
2: Brotherly Shove. I thought we were still on the Billy Joel train there for a
0: second. <laughs> All right, we're talking We're talking Seattle Seahawks. We're talking Monday night football, and we're talking about what a uh, unusual year it's been so far in the national football league. There's some teams that just don't get on track, and there's some teams that cannot convert on third down. We'll talk to Michael Sean Degar from The Athletic on the way next. This is The Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's The Lowdown on Sports 1440. Hanging around until 2 o'clock today when Jason Greger hits the radio. In conversation now with Michael Dugar. Are from The Athletic, who has a great Twitter bio. It says, uh, Michael covers the Seahawks for The Athletic, buys expensive sneakers, hosts the Seahawks man-to-man podcast, and writes bios in third person. Now, that I don't know if that's a skill per se, but I like the sneakers and I like the third person stuff. I, is that an innovation that you came up with, or did you just steal it from somebody?
3: Uh, I think I created that in college, I want to say. I nice. Nice. Now I can't fully remember the origin of it. It used to have a different line because uh, I wrote that before I had the Seahawks Man to Man podcast, which started in 2017. Mm-hmm. I forget what the second line used to be. But, uh, yeah, the third third person and uh, the uh, part about me buying expensive sneakers. Yeah, all that, the whole framing is all me.
0: I, I'm at a point in my life, I'm older than you by some decades, uh, where I I will wear a suit, but I wear comfortable shoes. I'm not working up to sneakers. Is there anything you wouldn't wear sneakers with?
3: Is there anything I wouldn't wear sneakers with? Well, that's going to be put to the test here. Um, <laughs> I'm, supposed to, uh, I'm supposed
0: to be getting married here
3: in June. Oh, nice.
0: Congratulations. Nice.
3: Thank you. And I'm, I'm sure she'll want me to wear some shoes that are uncomfortable and not very flashy at all, but I'm going to put that to the test here. Our first first marital beef might be uh, me desiring to wear sneakers with my tux-slash-suit uh, next spring, so yeah, I don't think there's anything you can't wear sneakers with, honestly, especially since sneakers are so diverse. There's just yeah. so many different kinds for every occasion, man.
0: Well, just I, I, you know, we don't know each other, but I am older, and I've done that thing. And you know, she's walking down the aisle. You want to make sure what she sees up there is right. So I'd wear the shoes, sir.
3: Yeah, we'll 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 see. Uh, (laughs) Maybe I'll put it in the vows, like you know, this is why I love you because you let me wear sneakers today, or something like that. You know, get the crowd going. Yeah, uh, get her smiling a little bit. Uh, uh, Who knows? I mean, and my sneakers cost a lot. That's the other thing about why I want to wear them. My mom. Mom gets on me about this too. It's like, Mom, these shoes were three hundred dollars. So I'm going to wear these whenever I want. You know, (laughs) that's why you buy shoes this pricey.
0: But moms can say anything, right? They can say anything they want, and you know, even if three hundred bucks, I mean, I got to tell you, you, you're putting your money where your mouth is. There, uh, you can buy a nice pair of actual dress shoes for way less than that.
3: Yeah, no, the cheapest shoes that I own that aren't like sandals are. Dress shoes. I have some. I've been in some weddings and I've needed to wear some. Uh, so yeah, those I can get dress shoes for like I don't know forty bucks or something. But yeah, I think the most expensive pair of sneakers I had was like three and some change, maybe maybe four hundred after tax.
0: Love it, man. That is outstanding. All right, let's talk Seahawks. Um, third down. You know it it is vitally important, and you know they're a good football team. Interesting, keen to watch. What's it, what is it about third downs right now?
3: Yeah, they're just out of whack. That's probably the best way to put it, because when you go back and chart all of their third-down failures, I mean, even some of the successes of the failures in particular, there isn't, like, a theme. It's not like the pass protection sucks, right? Maybe it may breaks down. Let's say they failed on 20 attempts this year, which I think is the number. Uh, if they fail on 20 attempts the pass protection was the issue, like, five of them. And then maybe another five, um, Somebody, nobody was open. and Another five. Gino was off target. Like it's just something different, and that's really that's the most concerning part. Because if it was just one thing, like oh man, Gino's just not seeing the field well on third down. Like there's ways to mitigate that, um, so he doesn't you know make his reads easier, you know whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, if the protection was the issue, you know max protect or something like that. Like just if it was one thing, it's easier to fix one. When it's something different every other time, that's that just means you're just bad at it. And I'm not really sure there's an easy fix for it. Um, other than, you know, just avo- either avoiding third down altogether, which they've done on a few of their touchdown drives this year, is just be so money on first and second down that they don't even need to deal with it, or just live in third and short. Um, and they're a pretty good third and short team, uh, but average to just awful on third and medium and third and long. So it's, it's, that's the, the strange part about the Seahawks, and this problem dates back to the Russell Wilson years too. It's just first and second down, one of the best offenses in the league. Third down, one of the worst. It's, it's a strange Jekyll and Hyde routine they got
0: going. Michael Dugar, our guest from the Athletic, talking about the Seattle Seahawks on top of their game tonight. You re- i th- I believe I read two articles about Jamal Adams. They're both compelling. Well done. Uh, and I, I, number one, I just, when you were going through this and preparing this, and I know you knew the backstory and all of that, the, the, it really is an epic story. And number two, how are they going to deploy this player?
3: Yeah, I think. You know, Jamal should just start. You know, I really don't see any reason to like, all right, here's the Jamal Adams package on third down or something. No, I I think that the way he plays and the way he can impact the game is something that's worth deploying on all three downs. And that's what they've done in the past, which is why I'm guessing that's what they'll do tonight. Like, Jamal is probably the only player uh, on their defense who can legitimately impact the game at all three levels. Like, I've seen him intercept the ball as a deep safety. I've seen him rush the passer as essentially an edge rusher. Uh, I've seen him defend the run as essentially a linebacker. Like, it's it's a rare skill set that he has, and it's one that they, they need on every down because the Seahawks have one of the worst pass defenses in the league. They're giving up, like, 328 a game, which is insane because they've played some good passers. But, I mean, Andy Dalton, Jared Goff, and Matt Stafford, it's not like – a bunch of Hall of Famers, you know, like they're good players, but, you know, I don't think they're going to be all pros or anything. So it's kind of disturbing that they've given up all those yards. It's also kind of disturbing they've given up all those yards while having one of the best run defenses in the league. So they're accomplishing their goal of making teams one-dimensional and then just getting beat up by that one dimension. That's kind of disheartening. Anyway, as it pertains to Jamal, yeah, I think that uh, he, should, he should play every down. I think he should be the starting safety next to Quandre Diggs. And if he is, I think that'll really help their defense on every down.
0: It's early in the year, but, you, you know, they're 2-1. and one. Uh, Rams are 2-2. Two and two. The the Cardinals have a win. Obviously, the 49ers are, are gone, or at least they're they're looking like they're gone. This is a big game. For, it's early in the year, but it's a big game for the Seahawks.
3: Yeah. You know, I, I was talking to a player after they beat the Lions in League 2, and I was like, yo, man, you guys needed that. Like, you can't really afford to lose any NFC games. Um, particularly against teams that could be, you know, in the wild card hunt with you. Now, I think Detroit might just win the division, so might not matter that much, but you never really know. So, yeah, and that, that player was like, he took, like, a deep, big, deep breath, and he was like, who are you telling? Um, so, you know, last year this team basically had to wait for Detroit to beat the Packers in Week 18 because they lost to the entire NFC South last year, 0-4 against the worst division. Um, it was very, very, very strange. So, yeah, every NFC game, is a big game. Like every team wants to go seventeen and zero. Like of course they want to win this division. Yada yada yada. But like the only ones you can really afford to lose are those intra conference matchups. Like this year they play the entire NFC North. If you're gonna lose some games, lose those. You know because those don't really come back to bite you when it's playoff wild card time. So yeah, this is a big one. The Giants probably won't be in the wild card hunt, but if they are, you want to have the tiebreaker over them with head to head. So yeah, this this is this is huge. You can't really if, if it's just the Seahawks and you want to stay. Even in the same realm as the Forty ers you have gotta win games like
0: this. Geno Smith, uh, you know, great, you know, veteran guy. Great story recently, uh, and for Seahawks fans, I, I think th- that th- the entire saga, uh, it, you know, turning out as it has so far, at least, is is you know, it, it's it's a pretty strong, I think, uh, uh, reflection of of the personnel department maybe getting it right here. Is that fair?
3: I think so, uh, but I also want to give a lot of credit to Gino. You know, when I did a story on him last year, um, I, I went back and read a lot of, like, New York Daily News, New York Times, uh, all those, like, old articles when he was the quarterback of the Jets. And it also reminded me he started for the Giants, too. That's pretty rare. Yeah. Was, uh, both New York market thing. Um But when I was looking back, man, Gino was a really confident guy the whole time. Like, he always thought he could be this type of player. I think it was in 2014 that he said he's a Pro Bowl caliber player. And I think Rex Ryan had to, like, come back on the back end of that and apologize because it just sounded so ludicrous uh, at the time. when G- I think he had just had a bad game or something like that. Um, but it just speaks to the confidence that he's had. Um, and that's what he reminded us of last year, too. Everyone was kind of, like, trying to get him to be like, yeah, I was lost and now I'm found. But he was like, no, nah, I've, I've been this good, you know. Like, he's like, I didn't just get good this year. I think that's a direct quote from him. So this was last year. But So his confidence is a big part of it. It never wavered, and that's really impressive because based on some of his film, it could have wavered. You know, he wasn't great Uh, when he got to Seattle initially. Like, I've seen him duke it out with, like, Paxton Lynch. Uh, You know, he's been the backup for a reason here, and, you know, it's not as if he was even lighting it up the year he filled in for Russ in 2021 when Russ broke his finger. So, But, again, his confidence never wavered, and he's always believed he could be this guy, and I think that's been a big part of it because – you, if you add an already confident player to a Pete Carroll ecosystem, like it just it, it gets what you're creating now. So i got to give a lot of credit to Gino, his belief in it, himself over these years, even though he was just riding the pine behind Russ and not getting any burnt.
0: Michael, congratulations again on the wedding, and thanks for your time. Appreciate it.
3: Oh, Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Michael Dugar from The Athletic. 300-plus on a pair of sneakers. What's the most you've spent on sneakers in your life?
2: Uh, I got a pair of sneakers uh hope my parents aren't listening. I, I bought one for 700, but what? they weren't for me. It was a gift for yeah. a girl I was dating at the time. Oh, well then it's okay then. Oh, uh, would would take it back in a heartbeat. Wish I never I wish I
0: never bought them. Oh, well, it didn't work out then is what you're telling me.
2: It didn't. And even at the time I was like, "Why am I
0: doing this?" I will tell you this. For myself? No. I think
2: it's like maybe like 110.
0: My my life experience is this, and I'm going to sound like the cheapest man alive, but I'm really not. Um, the stuff that I would buy uh, for my wife that she appreciated the most was not the expensive stuff. You know, I'd buy jewelry and, and lots of different things. And she liked that. It was good. But the, the stuff that was, you know, that was more thoughtful was what she really appreciated.
2: I agree. Anything that comes from
0: the heart, way
2: more meaningful. What I I'm a sentimental gift guy. I you know, like things that mean something to me. So you
0: know, I'm with you there. I agree. With the sneakers, did what, like what made them special?
2: They were uh, they were mocha Jordans. Oh, yeah, they nice. were nice. They were really
0: nice shoes. But well, you you liked that girl?
2: No, I didn't even like. I, I promise, What is wrong I'm not with even, you, sir? I was just. I know. I look back. I'm like, what was I thinking? Like it was. I should have never done it. So uh-huh. to, to regard, I honestly, I still, I still think of, it was like probably, I think three years ago now. I still oh, that's think a, about it. forever
0: ago now. Yeah, I still
2: think about it. I'm like, what, what the hell was I doing?
0: <laughs> well, I will say this to you, that you're not the first man to do something silly for a girl and you won't be the last. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. All right. We have uh, NHL rumors on the way. We've talked about most of them and a lot of your comments as well. You've got a lot to say about the Edmonton Oilers and Raphael Lavoie and it's next. This is Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. One thirty seven on the lowdown. Our this is our cool down segment. Did you ever did you ever do the twenty minute workout on TV or whatever it was called? <laughs> no. The stepping up, stepping down. Yeah,
2: no, I never got into those. Oh. I used to when I used to do dry land dry land practices, uh, when I was a swimmer, we would watch the AB Ripper X videos, though. I'm gonna okay.
0: do one of those. But it was like an hour. Cynthia Karillac, I believe, was the girl. Jane Fonda had a and Olivia Newton John had uh, uh workout I guess it was video like VHS tapes and uh, yeah physical yeah put her on
2: the map not grease it was those workout videos
0: and my wife taped a bunch of them <laughs> and and um, there were a Regina station that did them and there was a brown Derby commercial on every break for a, it was a restaurant and to this day I still can hear the guy say we're going to the brown Derby I mean the restaurant's probably gone now so it's not like I'm advertising for them but Good save, wow! No free, no free club. Well, no, that's the way how we roll, right? We don't <laughs> yeah. valuable time. We don't give it away. Uh, rumors: Sportsnet's Luke Fox expecting Tampa Bay will turn their attention towards the waiver wire, try to reply to a replacement for the injured goaltender Andre Vasilevsky. It won't work, but that's what they're trying to do. Uh, Trevor Zegers, three years, five point seven five AAV. As we all know, that's Philip of Broberg's fault. Um, Some say, well, you know, I mean, he's been lollygagging. And here we are, 17 years later, and he's done nothing. And he's been eating our food, living in our house, and watching our TV, making a mess, walking by with his tail in the air like he just don't care. Time to, you know, straighten up and fly right. That may have been a speech I gave to one of my teenagers when they were teenagers, but maybe it wasn't. LT Broberg and Holloway are the last remaining picks they need to pan out this contract era of ninety seven twenty nine. Lavoie would be a bonus. They should have given Broberg and Holloway more games playoffs last year, so they knew more. I, I'm going to disagree with you, and but I'm going to I'm going to tell you why I disagree with you. Because remember last year at the deadline where they gave up Reed Schaefer and a first, and they got Matthias Ekholm in that deal. They may have to do the same thing. I wrote about it today. I wrote about in the athletic about Connor Hallebach being a target. And if you're going to trade for Halabak, you're probably going to have to give up Stuart Skinner and the first and maybe something else. I don't know. It's going to be a lot. And if you keep bleeding like that, sooner or later, you're just going to run out of role players. They need Lavoie to cash because next year he could be. Uh, very inexpensive. Like, Let's say he plays 35 games and scores seven goals this year, but shows enough that they go, man, he can play in the top nine. He and Holloway could be the wingers, and we'll put McLeod in the middle, and that's the third line next year. Boy, does that save money. You've got a value contract. You've got a guy who you can plug and play, and you need that because, you know, Philip Broberg might not be here next year. There's no guarantee. Ben Gleason is playing well. Vincent DeHarnay is playing well. Marcus Nebelainen is playing well. And, And Broberg has value. Top 10 pick. He has played well in the National Hockey League. Everything the way it is now will not remain that way this time next year. Did anybody think the Oilers were going to trade as many pieces like Reed Schaefer? I thought he'd be in training camp, and I thought he'd be going to the AHL, but I thought he'd push. Didn't push. He was gone. Low Tide, did you know Cynthia Carolick married Paul Rogers, lead singer of Bad Company and Free? They live in BC now. From Steve, I did not know that. That's pretty wild. I mean, I, that's very wild. I bet, I bet, um, I was going to say can't get it now. I'm trying, trying to think of a Bad Company song that I can use in this conversation without being inappropriate. And I can't because they're all th- songs like Feel Like Making Love, Bad Company. Moving on, I guess moving on we could do, or can't get enough. Did I say can't get enough? I honestly don't know a Bad Company song that I can list here that's about Amore without being, you know, too far. We'll move on. Yeah, Paul Paul Rogers, lead singer of Free and Bad Company. Well, you know what? I'll go with Free. It's all right now. They're together all right now. would never spend more than $100 on sneakers. I usually get a solid pair of boots for 400 plus. Well, it's what you want, right? It's it's uh, like I have these um Vans, very nice shoes, and they have lasted me some time. And I could wear these with a a suit. I probably wouldn't look appropriate, but I don't care. I'm old. I'm about comfort, you know. And That's how much is, how much your age, would you wear a pair of uncomfortable shoes if they look good to your girl? Yes. Okay. Well, good for you, man. (laughs) Thank you. You That's an easy answer. Well, hey, if you're going to spend 700 bucks on a girl, you didn't. Didn't last. Then.
2: Didn't even really like, I know. Crazy one. That's. I'm not bragging about that story. No, no. Hey, like, but I'm, you know what, though? nothing but regret.
0: Just understand that you're not alone. Thank you. Could have yeah. been a plane ticket. Okay. It doesn't matter. I, I mean, I remember there was any, it doesn't matter, it was a long time ago, but the, the stuff that I did because I thought you were supposed to was enormous. Because you don't know, right? When you're young,
2: it's nice to hear that because that is exactly the camp I fell in.
0: Well, no, but it's true. You end up doing you, you dr- race over to make sure the car starts, yep. and you're like, I don't even, you know, I just you know, anyway. <laughs> it was probably a little too much, you know. LT waivers is kind of a wash. Is there anything still left in free agency that's affordable? No, no. You're you're going to make a trade if you're gonna if you're going to get a real right handed a uh, fourth-line guy who can play and plug in and be an actual player for you, you're going to make a trade. And, I mean, I, I i don't know that they'll do it, but I will tell you Jake Evans of the Montreal Canadiens is a really nice match for the Otters and what they need. And I, I i don't know how attached they are to Jake Evans, but they're not going anywhere. And the Otters are trying to win a Stanley Cup. He's right-handed. He can penalty kill. It'd be a really, really good fit, and it would probably cost you Raphael Lavoie and a little extra. I could see that deal happening. What would happen if I suggested Raphael Lavoie and like a third-round pick for Jake Evans and a little bit of money retained, and it happened? Would you crown me king of something? King of the airwaves. Okay. But would I get a crown and like maybe oh. every time my name was mentioned, there'd be a da 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 da?
2: I can get you a crown and that sound bite. That's no issue.
0: Okay. But you got to pull it off. Well, I just did. I mean, they just got to do it. It just got to. Mr. Holland's got to. You,
2: you got to get in his ear and say, hey, look, I got a lot riding on
0: this. You know, they don't, don't return my
2: calls. They just don't. They're busy. I mean. Call from a block number. <laughs> yeah, That's that my tip.
0: All the time. Do you have a landline? You don't. You're too young.
2: No, we had one growing up, but definitely don't have one now.
0: I have one I have an auntie who wishes me a happy birthday every year, and so it's and then also anyway, yeah. Low Tide, can you explain your reasoning for wanting to trade Skinner? He's still young as a potential to be just as good if not better, from Connor H. Well, I I, I think it's self explanatory. Ken Holland has gone all in on this year, and Stuart Skinner showed last spring that even though he's a very fine young goaltender, he's learning on the job. Rookie goalies in the playoffs are like, you know, expensive sneakers and our friend over here. They're 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 not a good match. Now he's got a year's experience and he should be better. But Connor Hallibuck is is a guy you could you could plug in probably win the division and then really have because this is the point I made in the article and I think it's an important one everybody's talking about well the style they're playing defensively they're man-to-man and they go zone and they're all over the place on zone so go man to man it's execution it doesn't matter what you play I've seen this go six ways to Sunday the coach will say we're changing and then it doesn't work and the coach will say we're changing again it's execution darnell nurse played too many minutes he also turned his head wrong twice and it ended up in the back of the net he can't do that but he knows that he knows that it's execution you make a mistake it can't cost you and yet it does at times no matter how good you are bobby Yore made mistakes nick lidstrom i'm sure i'd have to be you know reminded of what he did but he made mistakes mistakes are part of the game you try to iron out as many as you possibly can. How does that work? Well, you ask Darnell Nurse to play fewer minutes. That's why Matthias Eckholm, if he ever does play, is a big deal to this team. And then that's also why if you're trading for Connor Halabuck and you're trying to win just one year, remember, you don't care about the future. You're, if you're trading for Connor Hallebuck, you're, you're all in, baby. You're like at Vegas. What was the name of that movie where the guy lost everything? You've taken all the chips, every damn chip. You know that if you lose this, you are, you got your clothes on your back and nothing else, and you probably lost your marriage. If you win it, giddy up. That's what it is. If it takes thinner first and plus to get a then see us do. Well, I, I'm, I'm not, I like Stuart Skinner. I think it was a hell of a draft pick. And I don't think they'll do this, and I don't think Winnipeg would do it, because Winnipeg has to explain to their fans why they're training you know, a, a franchise goalie just before the start of a year. But I, I was just talking about it from the point of view of, look, if Ken Holland has, you know, Ken Holland is in a country song. And he's driving down that part of Montana that has no speed limit, and he's going as fast as he can, and fenders are flying off of his car. I mean, it is it is jailbreak. It's Smokey and the Bandit. It's it's all of those crazy 70s movies where cars blow up and the sheriff's an idiot and all of that. That's the Oilers. They are trying to get to the Stanley Cup, and the car is going to look like shrapnel at the end of the year, but they're just trying to win Stanley.
2: Now, Loti, can I pitch a question to you? Yes. You've sat here, and you've been on the Jason Greger Show, and you've predicted an Oilers stanley Cup victory come next spring. Yes. If that's the case, I would assume you think we do that with the current roster, mm-hmm. whether that be Stuart Skinner or Jack Campbell. If you think they can win with this roster, why mortgage the future in Stuart Skinner for Connor Hallibuck now?
0: Because the guy making the decisions is Ken Holland. Okay. And Ken Holland doesn't care about yet next okay. year. The the Connor Brown contract tells you that. Not that I mean I'm not saying he I, he was reckless, but he was reckless with the ownership signing off on the deal. So if you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. Which goalie do you have more confidence in in the playoffs? Between Skinner and between Skinner and Campbell. Um, right now I would pr- say probably Campbell. He's playing okay. very well. Skinner is playing well, but not as well as Campbell. But it's a long way to Tipperary. Okay. Right? So. Uh, that, I, I think it does have merit as an idea. I don't think it'll happen because the owners are going to wait until the deadline, as Holland traditionally does, to find out what they need. The goaltending may be solved, although I don't think it will. I don't remember there being a, rest, a distinction between left and right defensemen in the 90s when I was a kid. Was it just something not talked about in the media or something that was taken on more importance over time from Niels? Great question. I will tell you this. I will give you my answer. It may not be everybody's answer, but it's my answer to you. From me to you, okay? So, it goes like this. Back in 1985, Charlie Huddy played right defense. But Charlie Huddy didn't get pressured by guys who were as fast and as quick on the puck as players do today. Everything happens in a heartbeat. And at some point in time, analytics became informative about the value of having sticks along the boards, it's it's pretty important if you look at the numbers. There are some exceptions to the rule. Nicholas Sharmelson was one who's out of the league now, but he was, as I recall, the numbers really favored him even though he's playing his offside. If you're playing on the proper side, your numbers are, I think I read 30% one time. I don't know if that was realistic, but it does make a difference. And so you're playing the odds, and the odds now are more informed than they've ever been for hockey because of analytics. And I know that some people hate analytics, but it's important stuff. You know, there was a time back in the day when people didn't know the value of platoon advantage in baseball. So, you know, you'd leave your lefty out there and the best lefty hitter, the, the guy who hit lefties, the best in the league would stay in and crank one. Now that would never happen. You'd bring a righty in. Whitey Herzog once replaced Todd Worrell on the mound by putting Worrell in right field and then bringing in a lefty to get one guy out, and then bringing Wharrell back to close the game, and it worked. That's how important that became, platoon advantage or disadvantage. And hockey's the same. You know, guys can play on the offside, but chances are their numbers at the end of the year will be better when they're on their correct side. Left-handed sticks on the left side, along the wall. Right-handed sticks on the right side, along the wall. I hope that... Makes sense I picture the first The car in the first Blues Brothers movie We're on a mission from God Yeah That was an old cop car Right It was Yeah Yeah Jake and Elroy Yeah yeah Yeah. That was good I bought the uh, I bought their album Soul Man And uh, Well Soul Man I was a big
2: John Belushi fan Were you I was yeah Like Animal House Was Thought it was the funniest Thing I've ever
0: seen With the guitar
2: Yeah I'm a zit That one too
0: he yeah, couldn't was, miss back in the day. Well, I mean, he was he was he was in one movie. It was in 1941. It was not a hit. But other than that, everything he did was very popular. And of course, he died very young, tragically. Um, so, for the owners to win a cup, they have to sell the farm. But other teams like LA, Chicago, and Pittsburgh can win multiple cups without mortgage in the future. How come? Seems like LT wants to trade everyone. No, I don't. I just I was I'm talking about the idea of a blockbuster deal by Ken Holland because he's in the last year of his contract. I don't hate Stuart Skinner. I don't hate Dylan Holloway or Philip Roberg or the first-round pick. I'm just blue-skying it. Have you ever blue-skied it? Have you ever blue-skied your life? Where no. do I want to be in five years? Oh, is that like daydream? A little bit, yeah. I've done that. I've never referred to it as blue-skying it, though. Well, it's because you're not old as the hills and twice as dusty. That's why you haven't. It. It's temporary, not temporary, Al. From Rob, I think I said Tipperary. It's a long way to go. It's a long way to Tipperary. The sweetest girl I know. Hey, don't get me started on war songs because I'm going to start singing "Sentimental Journey" and all of those. You don't want you don't want me to sing number one, and certainly not you know war songs. Although the Edwin Star song is really good. Are we almost like because I I have a tendency to go out late. Don't let me go out late, okay?
2: No, we're good. We're timing it well. I would give you, I'd give you another 45, 30 to 45 seconds.
0: Well, I can do that. Yeah.
2: You can get a lot off your chest in 30 to 45.
0: LOL, no speed limit in Montana. My honeymoon 25 years ago took a detour from Seattle just so I could drive in Montana with no speed limit. Ex-wife still complains about that. Well, maybe that's why she's the ex. You know, that's a long way to go for a, a little bit of a thrill. Having said that, I immediately, as soon as they did that, I drove down there So I could do it too It's a thing Don't you think like I've had this speed limit You know on the side of the road for 10,000 years And there's a place on planet earth I can go And it's not there I'll go do that I, I mean I think that's pretty natural The guy brain loves that I know I did All right. Want to thank our guests We love them very much Jason Greger who's next Cam Lewis from Jays Nation, and Michael Dugar from The Athletic about Monday Night Football. Please enjoy your day. This has been the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Time for a sports update.